You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend Nick Ferguson. Nick, how are you doing on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday morning? Doing spectacular, my friend. How are you? I'm great. I am uh, living the life. It's the off season, Nick. Uh, you know, I've got big plans this off season. Summer of George is coming up, uh, you know, at the end of May. I know that's like five months away, but I start preparing now, um, you know, trying to get it, trying to get six pack abs this summer, Nick. I know I won't actually obtain that goal, but I figure if I shoot for the moon, I will land somewhere among the stars. Maybe I'll get uh, just a, a, a two pack. A two pack. Oh wow, that that's uh that's great. Now here's the thing. Remember the last time you played uh, basketball against? Um, I've been working on it, Nick. I've been I've been in the gym. I've been living in the gym. I've been I've been lifting weights. Uh, I've been I've been I've been jogging. Okay. Uh, I've, been, I've been staying fresh. I've been staying fresh. Is that part of your New Year's resolution? What, no, what? you know it, it was a, it was honestly uh, right before basketball. I was like starting to really work out. Then the basketball incident happened, and I was like, "All right, now it's time to go." So I, I, you know, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. There is no New Year. There's always just now, right? I, I don't believe in the whole uh, wait till Monday for the diet to start. It's like you can start a diet any day. Uh, you can start working out any day. So, um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's a New Year's resolution. I guess you could put it that way. Well, but, well, uh, well I, I guess. Well, I guess. Do we need to give you a game ball for that? Yes, yes. Uh, I think the Broncos do need to give me a game ball. Uh, but there were several people, Nick, that did get a game ball from this last game uh, that I thought it was pretty interesting who Jerry Rosberg gave them to. So we have uh, the video and the audio here uh, from uh, uh, Sunday night of Jerry Rosberg handing out some game balls. Not to me, though. First order of business is we're going to give out some game balls. This man had a career high... 193 yards from the line of scrimmage. Jerry Judy, go! I think you all knew I was kind of connected to this guy early on. I love the way this man plays the game. And when the game was on the line there in the four-minute drill, came through big time. 103 yards rushing. 6.9. You know, it's been a tough two weeks in y'all, and as I said before, you're the ones that had the most investment, and I, I thank you for this moment. I'll never forget it. And this is just one of those NFL games that people write off, but they don't understand how meaningful it is for us. And so I hope you draw something from this these last two weeks and understand how well you can work when you work together. And Nick, obviously we're the, the presidents of the... Um... Latavius Murray uh, fan club. 
Yes. Uh, so shout out Latavius Murray, definitely deserving of the game ball. Jerry Judy as well had his biggest game of the season. One guy who also got a game ball, Nick, uh, that wasn't mentioned in that clip was Justin Outen. Uh, our guy, Justin Outen. And I believe Ajiro Evero uh, got one as well. I, I think that Jerry Rosberg said that in his press conference, um, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, what do you think of, of those two coaches? Obviously, uh, we, we spoke about it, Nick. Those guys could have, uh, I'm not saying jumped ship or, uh, you know, maybe they maybe they don't, uh, you know, I don't know, coach as hard these last few weeks. But they stuck around. Uh, they put together good game plans these last two weeks. Uh, and really the team performed well. And I think it's a credit to both those guys and, and really all the assistant coaches as well for, for sticking it out these last couple of weeks after everything that's happened. Yeah, they all deserved uh, game balls because, uh, like you said, they, they could have all melded in. The season wasn't going anywhere. Nathaniel Haggard had just gotten uh, fired. Uh, they fired Butch Berry. Wayne Stooks was also fired. So the coaches knew that, hey, the end was coming faster than they had predicted, but they still went out there and put a game plan together and put the players in position to look fantastic. And to be totally honest, when we look at Justin Norton, when he was able to do with certain personnel groupings, how he got Jerry Judy involved. I mean, we saw Jerry Judy doing something similar to what we've seen uh, Jerry Judy do uh, before under Pat Shermer, which was to run those little ghost little swing routes. But this time, Justin Allen actually threw it to him, and we saw what Jerry Judy could actually do. And with all the criticism about this offense, what it wasn't, and what, uh, I guess, uh, when you look at Russell Wilson, what he wasn't, I mean, we started to see glimpses of what Russell showed everyone in the NFL before he arrived here. And once again, you have to tip your cap to Justin Outen for putting Russ in those particular situations, but also Russ for making those uh, timely throws. So it, it was great for a lot of these guys. The only unfortunate part about it, it just came all too late, right? You look at the points they scored in back-to-back games and it got you really excited, but you're still wondering why didn't we see more of this early on in the season? And as we start to move into the coaching search, will some of these guys be retained? Will they end up getting jobs elsewhere? Those are the questions that we will see and they will be answered in the coming months. I was just about to ask you, Nick, do you think uh, Justin Alton should be back next year? You know, I would like to see him back, but the idea is in what capacity. Depending on what, you know, head coach candidate you bring in here, Will he really groove with a Justin Outen? Now, being as though we saw what happened in Green Bay when they all they had to do is win one game to get in the playoffs against division rival, the Detroit Lions, they didn't do that. And we don't know if it's a swan song for Aaron Rodgers, but that could be another landing spot for Justin Outen going back to the previous place that he used to coach. Yeah, and did you see the, the news yesterday about Nathaniel Hackett uh, possibly rejoining the Packers staff? Well, you know, yeah, I saw that, but I wasn't, you know, too surprised. And based on what we've seen, well, that last game we saw for Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to come back, maybe Hackett should be the guy to go back. Because remember when this whole coaching search started for the Denver Broncos? I believe it was Aaron Rodgers who went on record vouching for one Nathaniel Hackett, and neither guy had the type of season that they hoped that they would have. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it would make a lot of sense for him to obviously go back and rejoin that staff. Obviously, he's familiar there. And, and again, it, Hackett is not a bad football coach. You, you don't stick around in this league as long as he have as as he has uh, and not be a good football coach in some capacity. So 
uh, I, I think that that would be a, a good landing spot for him. As for Justin Outen, Nick, I, I, I think that uh, there's there's a couple ways to look at this. It, it kind of depends on who they hire, right? Yeah. If, if the coach they hire, uh, you know, has some sort of familiarity with him uh, or, or really just is impressed by what he did, maybe they try to retain him. Um, you know, I don't think they would retain him as the offensive coordinator necessarily, uh, but maybe a passing game coordinator, uh, running game coordinator, something like that, tight ends coach. Um, you know, so I, I don't really know. Uh, it kind of depends on the other staff moves as well. But I could see a situation where Justin does stick around. I think he he's in he's in good faith with obviously the organization uh, as well as the players. You can tell uh, the players do like him, uh, and I think that the the respect factor obviously went up these last couple of weeks with the game plan that he was able to put together. I think Clint Kubiak could also be another guy that you know the next staff tries to maybe retain. I think that. He's a guy that's, I mean, Nick, you and I are very high on him. He's very well respected across the league. And do you really want to bring in a, another quarterback's coach for Russell Wilson? You know, and it seems like him and Russell have gotten along well. I, I don't know. Do you, do you think Clint Kubiak is another guy that can maybe stick around? Yeah, that's a huge possibility. And, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you think about this Broncos coaching staff, even with Nathaniel Hackett, which one of those guys worked closely with Russell Wilson on a daily basis? It wasn't Coach Alden. It wasn't a thing you hack it. It was Clint Kubiak. So you, you want to have familiarity when you're talking about a position or a group as a whole. So being able to retain a guy like Clint Kubiak in that, you know, quarterback coach role, that would be big because it, it would help out the entering coach coming in who may not, let's say, let's just say for the sake of argument, if it's Jim Harbaugh who may not be familiar with Russell in that particular way, Having someone that is familiar with him, if it's Sean Payton, it's the same thing. Even if it's uh, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, having someone who's familiar with Russell and working in that capacity. And I, I know when, when Jerry Rosberg was talking about this past game on Sunday, he made sure to kind of uh, speak highly of Justin Outen. But let's not forget about Clint Kubiak as well and what he's done in this league. I just go back to 2021 when he just kind of received, uh, I guess the torch was passed to him from his dad where he took over as offensive coordinator going from quarterback coach. And you look at the numbers that Kirk Cousin put up, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and he threw for more than 4,200 yards uh, as a quarterback. So that tells you why you need a guy so familiar with your quarterback and Clint Kubiak, hopefully, is retained for those reasons. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see, Nick. I, again, I think a lot of it will depend on who they hire and what kind of connections they have w with a lot of this coaching staff. I mean, we saw it last year. Zach Azani, the the uh, wide receivers coach, was, I think, one of the only ones retained. Uh, Christian Parker, the defensive backs coach, was retained uh, from the previous staff. But other than that, um, I, I don't believe they kept many people. Obviously, Ajiro Evero, I, I would think, is going to stick around unless – they hire, you know, uh, a D'Amico Ryans, maybe, um, who would probably, I, I would assume, take over as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Raheem Morris, I know him and uh, Ajiro Evero are, are really close. I don't know. It would depends on if, you know, Raheem wants to keep continuing, you know, being the defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn, maybe, uh, they, they wouldn't retain Ajiro Evero. But I think that there's going to be a, a tough discussion there because he's done such a great job. With that said, Nick, let's get into some of these candidates. Uh, obviously, I mentioned a few there. Uh, there's only six right now, Nick, that we know of. Last year they had 10, so I wonder if they're going with a smaller candidate pool this year. Um, 
you know, maybe they, they add a couple over this, this next week. Um, but right now, Nick, it's, it's Giro Evero, obviously the Broncos defensive coordinator, Sean Payton, former Saints, Saints head coach, Jim Harbaugh, University of Michigan head coach, Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator. And then, like I said, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, and D'Amico Ryans, 49ers defensive coordinator. Nick, what do you think of, of this candidate pool so far? Well, they've assembled uh, a nice list of, of guys. I know that was that was stated before. They, you know, George Payton, uh, when he set up with uh, Greg Penner uh, after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, that they wish that they did a more extensive search than they did the first time. And they had 10 candidates at that time. And like you said, there's only six. But for me, it's always quality over quantity. I mean, you don't need to have 12 candidates just to say that, hey, we did an extensive search. You know, put a list together of some of the best coaches. And right now, the two, the two uh, leading uh, candidates in the clubhouse, Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. I know they plan on interviewing those other guys, but will they actually make it to the final two or final four? Probably not, because once again, it goes back to the ownership identifying the two leading coaches that they want. And Sean Payton is one of them, which they can't talk to him to, I believe, January 17th, and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and, and it's been reported, and and I've confirmed it, Nick, that Jim Harbaugh actually uh, was the first to interview. He interviewed yesterday virtually, and I believe Ejero Evero will interview today in person at the Broncos uh, facility. So uh, they're they're well underway, Nick. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of the timeline for this. I would expect it to be probably late January. Uh, I, I believe they hired Nathaniel Hackett January January twenty seventh. So probably somewhere around there again is what we're looking at, unless. You know, they, they want a, a Dan Quinn who's, you know, playing in the Super Bowl with the Cowboys, which I have zero faith in the Cowboys. Yeah, so that's, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's the scenario. Or, you know, D'Amico, let's say it's D'Amico Ryans, for example, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. There's a chance that it, it can be pushed that long, right? Um, Nick, who of this group is maybe your dark horse? I think there's an obvious answer here, but who's who's maybe your your dark horse of this group that, Maybe he's on the list, but nobody's really talking about as a, as a realistic option. Well, you know, all, all these guys are, are, are great candidates, but it, it comes down to who the ownership really wants. And to be totally honest, in my opinion, it seems as though it's a three-horse race. Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, and Dan Quinn. I mean, everyone else, you know, they, they're being interviewed to be interviewed. But uh, when you identify the people that you want to hire – uh, usually uh, that's how it pretty much goes. And if there is a dark horse, I would say that is, is Dan Quinn. I mean, he interviewed last year for the job, didn't really get the job because the whole idea was, hey, Nathaniel Hackett said a bunch of things that really excited that committee, but also he had ties to one Aaron Rodgers, which I believe the organization thought at that time, well, if you get Hackett, you get Aaron Rodgers at the same time, but that didn't work out. But Dan Quinn, in my eyes, is probably the best candidate for this job. He's familiar with, you know, George Payton. And that and, and that's something that Greg Penner talked about. It's just the fact that there has to be some cohesiveness in that front office between the GM and the head coach. And, you know, when you look at Azure Evero, I mean, he has some ties to a lot of these guys. I mean, he uh, had some coaching ties to Jim Harbaugh, maybe not Sean Payton, but the fact that, you know, Dan Quinn, loves a great, great defense, and Evero did a great job with the defense. Maybe he would be retained. But for me, it's, it's Dan Quinn at this particular time 
because of his connections to certain coaches and what those coaches could do to help this team. But more importantly, Russell Wilson. Yeah, it does feel like a, a, a three-person race. I, I will say I really like D'Amico Ryans. Um, I, I think he'll make a strong push for this job and other jobs. And, and if it wasn't a situation where the Broncos, Nick, you and I have talked about it, they, they probably they probably have to hire a coach that, that's been a head coach before. If they weren't in that position, I would circle D'Amico Ryans as a guy that I would hire tomorrow. I think he's really sharp. Uh, he's young. Uh, he's a guy that, that's obviously done a really good job in San Francisco. And, I, again, I think he's going to be a really good head football coach in this league. So whoever ends up getting him this cycle, because I do think he'll get a job, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, he'll be a home run hire. So, Nick, we got to take a quick break. We'll dive more into the coaching search a little bit later. Uh, maybe some other names that didn't make the list or maybe we'll make the list later. I don't know if there's any candidates out there that, that you hope they, they interview as well. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, and we'll also get into Nick. In this next segment, we were in the locker room yesterday. It was clean out your locker day. Uh, and so we got to talk to quite a few guys. So we'll, we'll kind of get into that and kind of what we heard yesterday uh, as the season wrapped up. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, you and I, we were in the locker room yesterday for, what was it, an hour and a half, maybe? Uh, something around there. And, and uh, quite a few guys, uh, you know, coming in there, obviously cleaning out their lockers, um, you know, talking to the media before they, they left. Uh, we also didn't see some players uh, that obviously we talked to on, on Sunday night in the locker room after the game. Uh, but, Nick, uh, what, what was the feeling in the locker room? Who were some of the guys – that you got to talk to and, and kind of what was their message as they, they leave the uh, facility for the off season. Yeah. You know, that's always a, a tough time, especially uh, so early in the season where you, you know, you thought coming in, you were going to be playing in the playoffs and uh, wrapping up your locker was going to extend into late February. But uh, I mean, a lot of smiles and faces on the guys in the locker room, but still some frustration at the same time. Had a chance to talk to KJ Hamler, Montreal, Washington, Josie Jewell, uh, Jerry Judy, among some of the guys I got a chance to talk to. Brandon Johnson, got a chance to uh, talk to him. And, and I'll start right there. My message to him was, hey, listen, uh, this game is uh, very tough for the obvious reasons. And having the ability to pick oneself up off the turf is so important. Yeah, he dropped that fumble, but I just wanted him to go into the offseason knowing as though he is a very capable young wide receiver, but just use that moment to just motivate him and just to come back to be that much better. And when he starts to get tired and he's working out, he's trying to get his mind right for the return back here in the off season. You know what, when he doesn't want to go work out and he's not feeling you know best about himself, go back and watch that tape, watch himself fumble that ball, not just to dig himself a deeper hole, but to show him, okay, well, here was the last remaining 
a visual of who you were as a player. We need to change that. You need to change that. And for him to use that as a way of motivation. So the guys were really optimistic about uh, the upcoming season. Uh, obviously, there were some concerns about, well, who's going to be uh, the next coach coming in, whether they are going to fit into what they want to do. But they were really excited. But they also talked about, you know, Russell Wilson and kind of what he uh, has done as a player here. But more importantly, what he's been as a leader. Yeah, I, I think there was a few topics, Nick, that came up with everybody. And I spoke to a lot of the same people that you did. Uh, Garrett Bowles as well. Uh, quite a few of the rookies. Uh, Damari Mathis, Greg Dulcich, um, you know, uh, Wazirike. There, there was a lot. I mean, I have so much audio on my phone, Nick. Having to transcribe <laughs> it is going to be a total pain. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think there's a few topics that, that came up with every single guy. Uh, and that was... Uh, the season being a disappointment, but the hope for next year, right? I think that there's there's a, a good amount of hope for next year. Russell Wilson, uh, there seems to be a strong belief in that locker room that Russell Wilson is going to bounce back and have a, a great season next year and, and that uh, teammates just backing him again, right? We, we've seen that the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then the coaching search. You know, every player was asked about the coaching search. Wow. Uh, what do they want in a head coach? Uh, what do they think of some of the candidates? And, and I thought it was interesting. Every single one of their answers was very similar. Nick, they want a winner, right? That was the that was the consensus. Uh, and obviously, that sounds simple, uh, but I think it does kind of speak to uh, they want somebody that that's done this before. I think is right. what they're trying to say. Uh, I think KJ Hamler said some, said it said it kind of best in the sense that uh, he said, you know, we don't want anybody um, you know coming in here that's that's not serious or or whatever. Uh, we want somebody that's that's come in here and has won before and can teach us how to get that, um, you know, get to where we want to be because we just haven't been there. Um, and I think that that was perfectly said. So that was kind of my takeaways uh, from some of those guys. Uh, but you mentioned it at Russell Wilson. I, you know, I think he was a big topic, especially among the offensive players. Did you did you happen to catch any of Garrett Bowles um, media yesterday? Yeah. No, no. Uh, I mean, there, there were a, a group of media people around both. It's like 30 of them. Yeah. 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 That, that was kind of around the time that I was uh, talking to KJ Hamlin. So I didn't yeah. get a chance to hear it. Well, Garrett was really good. Uh, we hadn't heard from him, obviously, since his injury uh, this season. And uh, I thought there was a couple things that he said that that were really interesting that I want to get your take on. The first is uh, the head coaching search, Nick. And he talked about uh, wanting wanting a coach that uh, was um, had a lot of discipline, uh, could steer the ship, I think was the term he used. And again, I thought that that was a really good way to put it, that they need somebody that can really be the guy in charge, uh, that they haven't really uh, – they've had good coaches is what he said, but they haven't had somebody that, that could really command a room and, and really uh, you know, you know, change the culture in their locker room. Uh, and he said, that's what they need. And then he talked about Russell Wilson, Nick. And he was very passionate about, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, bouncing back uh, and seeing the way that he works and, and not understanding why people have been so critical of him this year. So I, I thought those two things were really interesting from him. No, uh, you know, Garibos is still an intricate part of this team. And his uh, ability and his, his skill set was uh, uh, definitely missed at that left tackle position, but to have him talk about having someone to come in and instill that discipline, 
that, that tells you a, a lot. And, and here's what it says to me, that these these players want to be coached hard. And, and any player worth their salt, that's exactly what they, they, they want and they need. But the biggest thing is, I mean, even though he with, the, with that small statement he said, he said a lot. He said that basically there wasn't a lot of discipline. And I even go back to, you know, Vic Fangio and when he was a head coach. And players want to know that there is just accountability. Now, there is this uh, idea in the NFL, fair but not equal. And it is true. Every player will be, you know, looked at and viewed as being, you know, fair, but things will not be equal because there, there is a hierarchy when you look at players uh, in the in a given locker room. So having someone who's going to come in and force everyone to be uh, accountable, and it's not like okay, well, you, were, you one player seemed to be special from some of the other players, but that's how it's been built up uh, in the NFL. But just going back and talking about Russell Wilson and what he means to this team, and I know. Just like Russell, Garrett Bowl has been one of those guys who've been really criticized by individuals in the media and members of this fan base. And I know Russell has definitely helped him out just a little. Go back to training camp, I believe, when uh, it was Garrett Bowles who got into it with uh, Bradley Chubb. And the one person that pulled uh, Garrett Bowles over right away, it was Russell Wilson, giving him that leadership talk, that brotherhood type of talk to kind of get him back on the same page after he threw his helmet. So that's kind of why Bowles kind of looks at Russell in a different way because he hasn't always been judged fairly, I'll say. I think that's a better word, by certain individuals in the media. I know certain media members who have said outlandish things about Garrett Bowles that I myself had to correct them. So, But having your quarterback have your back is important because now – you have someone who's protecting you in Garrett Bowles. You definitely want that type of person with that mentality protecting you as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and, and Garrett's going to be a, a big key for next year's success, right? I mean, you saw, uh, Nick, that this back half of the season after he got injured, you know, that offensive line was not very good at protect, protecting Russell Wilson. And so uh, getting Garrett Bowles back, it sounds like, you know, he he's planning on, on starting to get pretty healthy. It sounds like he's – you know, ready to go for next season, um, you know, here soon. So it'll be interesting to see if he's out there for OTAs uh, and obviously training camp, you know, next July. But uh, I, I think you're right, Nick, that that there's a there's a lot of uh, what, what I've realized this last couple of days, Nick, there's a lot of support for Russell Wilson. Yeah. And not to say there wasn't before, but it, it's become a public, um, you know, support system for, for Russell. A lot of players come out after the game on Sunday, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys just came out and said, hey, we believe in Russell. We believe that he's going to get back to what he's supposed to be. I believe it was Cortland Sutton that said in the locker room after the game that he believes he's going to be an all-pro next year, a Pro Bowl-type player. Uh, and they don't need him to be that, Nick. Uh, they just need him to be better than what he was this year. Um, you know, and, and I, I even put out, Nick, uh, and I think I, I said it on here, you know, um, uh, of of his uh, – uh, 16 touchdowns, eight of them came in the last four games. So he was starting to trend in the right direction to end the season. And I think that's given some of these guys some hope. So uh, we do have some audio here from Jerry Judy, Nick, uh, talking after the game on Sunday, you know, saying how much he believes in Russell uh, and what he thinks that holds for the future. Um, I seen I seen the same rush that didn't give up, you know, even though we didn't have the season that we wanted, you know, 
he just he's stayed the same throughout the course of the year, you know, and he just never gave up, no put his head down. He just kept his head up and kept 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 grinding and, and kept playing, you know, and we just finished the season off strong how we wanted to. Nick, are you on board uh the Russell Wilson um train for next year, the comeback train? Uh I know there's been some people out there saying he's already <laughs> the top candidate for 2023 comeback player of the year. Are, are you on, uh, are you on that train? No, I'm not on that train because uh, to uh, suggest that I'm on the train, that would mean that I was off the train to begin with. Uh, I just look at the situation with Russell Wilson uh, a, a, as a culmination of things taking place. And when we discussed it before, there, there's a certain level of responsibility that we could put on so many different people and some of that rests on Russ as well. And he, uh, you know, acknowledged that before, but I, I never was one of these individuals that uh, subscribed to the idea that Russell was washed or he needed to be fixed. Uh, you still see from the game on Sunday, what his capabilities are. And, and like Jerry said right there in that audio it's like with everything falling apart around him, he never really collapsed as a leader, as a player. And there was a moment before the game, I don't know if you saw it, where he was working out with uh, the wide receivers and they just kind of got into this uh, the scrum of players. And I, and I think maybe Zach Azani was there. I wasn't sure. But they got kind of got together. I don't know what was said, but it just kind of – it was a show of solidarity that they were still on the same page. And those guys, guys who've been here since the beginning of uh, Hackett's arrival or guys who came late uh, by way of a uh, practice squad, they were still on, on the same page. So I'm, I'm glad that guys on that offense decided to voice their opinion publicly because at first it was like, hey, you know, none of these guys, you know, really like Russell Wilson. There's a division in the, in the locker room because he has his own meeting room and guys didn't come to his birthday party. You remember that. But to see guys come up, uh, come out rather, and speak up on his behalf, to me that bodes well for the confidence that they have in him but also showing the media and the fan base that it doesn't really matter what you guys think. It only matters what we think in this locker room. We still believe in Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, and good timing on our part, Nick, because uh, Russell Wilson just tweeted out a hype video and said uh, next season starts to, starts today. Um, and so he, he, he stuck to that, uh, that old uh, 5.30 a.m. or whatever it was. So uh, it will be interesting to see what he does uh, next year. But, Nick, I think back to – uh, the Carolina game, Nick, and I think we talked about it on here. Uh, that was obviously a very low point in the season. You had the Purcell thing where he yelled at um, at Russell on the sideline, um, got in his face a little bit. Um, and I remember in the locker room, Nick, uh, you know, guys kind of sitting and talking to Russ for a long time. And he took a long time to meet with the media. But I remember him sitting at his locker and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Dalton Reisner and guys just coming by and, and talking to him for a long time. And you could tell Russell was really down, but the guys picked him up. Uh, and I think that that's important. Right. And we've seen that throughout the year where Russell's picked a lot of other guys up too. Right. Russell's like, like you said, and like Jerry said, everything else was falling, uh, you know, around him, right. Everything was breaking around him. Um, but he was able to pick guys up. And I think it's also important that guys were able to, to, you know, uh, to, to, to help him. Right. And, and, right. um, and so I think that that's, that's the biggest thing is, is it, I think this season is an anomaly, right. And what happened on the field. But I think the bigger thing is, is, is he is that leader that the Broncos have been missing. 
Uh, now they just need him to kind of play better on the field and everything I think can maybe come together. But I do think that it's important to hear from a lot of these guys that they do believe he can be, he can be great again, right? He can be his normal self. Uh, even he said after the game, Nick, he said that he's even sometimes questions, Hey, where is that old nine time pro bowler, you know? And so I, I think that it's, it, it's, it's always a confidence boost when your teammates say, Hey, you've got it. You're still there. Uh, and again, like I said the other day, washed up quarterbacks don't make the throw that he made. They're rolling to his left uh, and swing, you know, you know, throwing it down 50 yards down the field on a dot. Uh, that's, that's hard to do. That is very difficult to do for, for majority of quarterbacks uh, in this league. And I want to go back to something that you, you said a little earlier, when you look at Russell Wilson and the idea of him being an MVP, the only MVP he needs to be is the MVP of the Denver Broncos. I mean, he doesn't need to be uh, in the chase for the MVP for the league. You just want a quarterback that's efficient. If you have a quarterback in Russell Wilson that's efficient, that means you're in every single game. And if these last two games are any indication of what this team can do going into next year, no matter who is the head coach of the OC, to me that means things are going to be trending up because I don't anticipate this Broncos defense, George, uh, falling off in any way. I anticipate the defense uh, getting better. We'll get into it in some of our later podcasts as far as who we – anticipate coming back and maybe added additions that can help this team. But I expect this defense to play better. And w- once again, just, just looking at the offense itself and how many points, the points that they were able to put up in these last two games, if they were able to do that at any point during this 17-game season, the Broncos will be moving on and wouldn't be packing up their bags. So those players on the offensive side and defense – showing that faith in Russell Wilson, it goes a a long way because you need to be able to lead your team. And we've heard this saying about, well, you know, some the elite quarterbacks need to help elevate the roster itself. And for me, that's what I saw with the last two games, Russell Wilson elevating this team and this offense. Did you see the same thing? I did, Nick. Um, I I did see that this year. I I think that, you know, I, I again, we, we have to take a break, Nick, but uh, I think that there's a lot of hope for next year. That's the way I'll put it, because I think that there's there, another thing that was a topic in the locker room yesterday, Nick, is these guys like each other. Like this is a this is a, to, a tight knit group. Uh, and, and I think that there's been a lot of outside noise that's tried to break them up. Uh, but I think this is a group that's really close. And I think a group that believes in each other. Uh, and thinks that they can get to where they want to go if they get the right person in place at the head coaching position. Uh, and also, you know, I think they also are realistic that they need to bring in some other players as well to, to help them. But uh, I think that they do believe that this is a group that can win with Russell Wilson. So, uh, Nick, we got to take a break. We'll dive into some more stuff we heard in the locker room. We'll also dive into, you know, who are some guys that maybe stood out in that final game. Uh, there's 25 free agents coming up, Nick, on this team. Uh, Maybe we'll dive into some of those guys. And we'll also, again, get into a little bit more of the coaching search before we wrap up this podcast. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, And Nick, uh, there's 25 free agents coming up. Um, and free agency obviously starts here, you know, 
pretty much now. Um, you know, I know there's like certain timelines. I don't know what the, the exact dates on that are right now, but uh, free agency uh, is always going on uh, in the NFL. Who are some guys, um, and maybe they're not free agents, but who are some guys that really made you uh, take notice on Sunday uh, heading into what will be obviously a very pivotal offseason? Well, some of the obvious guys are, you know, Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson, uh, for instance, and Latavius Murray. And I want to start there. He's a guy who's been in the game for a long period of time. And usually uh, there is a short period of time from a player standpoint, 3.5 years, that they say that's kind of like the, the shelf life for players. And when you think about running backs, running backs usually don't last, you know, 8, 10 years in the league. Adrian Peterson was one of those guys, and he was phenomenal. Uh, and he had his moments at the back end of his career. And knowing as though Latavius Murray doesn't have that game-breaking speed, but he still has some uh, juice in the tank. And I like what he displayed over the season just coming in from the New Orleans Saints. But he was still one of those guys who were leaders on that offensive side of the ball. And in consecutive games, we, we saw some of the best of Latavius Murray. And here's a guy, once again, on expiring contract, that I hope that the Broncos or whomever comes in here next season as a head coach, they look to bring him back because there's so much value in Latavius Murray and what he brings to this team. I, once again, going back to that Rams game on Christmas, how he stood up for Brett Rippon and kind of put that hand in Dalton Rice in the chest to say, hey, listen, man, we're not going to do that. that. That's what you need. I mean, Garrett Bowles, you know, we, we, we talked about it earlier, how he said that they need a coach to come in and instill that kind of discipline and accountability. You have that with some of the players in the locker room and a veteran guy like Latavius Murray. So I would like to see him come back. But, man, uh, that guy continues to impress me. And, and, and now I'm sounding like Shania Twain here. But uh, it would be great to have him come back next year. Don't impress me much. I yes, love that song. Yeah. Uh, hashtag bring back Latavius Murray. Get it trending. Yes. Um, are, you're, you're listening to the presidents of the Latavius Murray fan club. Um, you watch, Nick. They won't bring him back next year, but every single week we'll just have a dedicated segment to whatever Latavius Murray is doing. Yeah. Uh, but they should 1,000% bring him back, Nick. And it's not just because he's a good player on the field, right? And he's, he's right. shown, man, he's defying age. At that position, uh, he's still got some juice. He's shown that the last few weeks of the season. Uh, and I think it's the, the reason they need to bring him back is one, obviously, Javante Williams is not going to be healthy to start the year next year. I, I think the expectation of him starting week one uh, are unrealistic. I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's got to have time to recover. You don't want to force him back, especially when he's never had a knee injury like this before. Uh, number two, uh, he's a guy in the locker room that I think is pivotal, right? This is a guy that I think brings something. We were just talking about Russell being a leader that maybe the Broncos haven't had. I think Latavius Murray also fits into that same category. Uh, is he a guy that's going to win you a football game on Sunday? Probably not, right? Like he's not going to be uh, a, a guy that just absolutely tears people up week to week. Uh, now he's going to have some good games here to there, but I think he's a guy that wins you games in the locker room by being a veteran presence, a guy that, can take a Javante Williams under his wing, uh, even Chase Edmonds, who's you know been in the league a while, but is a younger running back. Um, you know Marlon Mack. I, I think that those are guys that he can kind of mentor. Uh, and again, he's a guy that I think is someday going to be probably a, a coach. Uh, maybe I don't know where. I, I know he coached some high school ball last year while waiting to get a call. But 
Uh, I think he's he's like having another coach in the room, and I think that that's a guy that you want on your team. So uh, I think that those are the reasons why. Is obviously he helps you on the field in terms of you just need depth at that position because you don't know when Javante is going to be back. Uh, but uh, I think he's also a guy that that uh, again is is a good leader in the locker room. Another guy, Nick, I want to bring up actually two guys that stood out to me and really is the last few weeks. Chase Edmonds, uh, I think that's a guy. Obviously, he's he's back. I believe uh, he's got one year left on his deal uh, that he signed, obviously with Miami. I do think they'll restructure that contract uh, to to help with the cap situation. But I, I think that he was really impressive in the last few games. I think he gives them a little bit of a different dynamic, kind of a different burst, a guy out of the backfield that's really good. Um, and it's kind of a good one-two punch with Latavius. So I expect him to be back next year uh, alongside Latavius. And then the guy on defense, Nick, uh, if, there was a, uh, if there was a fan club for him, I think we'd also be the presidents of that fan club because we've talked about him a lot, as well as Alex Singleton. Uh, and he is an impending free agent, Nick. And uh, I don't know what those discussions look like. I, again, I think some of these free agent discussions probably don't happen until they – obviously get a, a head coach in there. Uh, but Alex Singleton is a guy that I would 1,000% bring back. Like I said, he had the most tackles, I believe, uh, by a Broncos player since 1992. Uh, that's insane. Uh, and I think he's a smart player. I think he's a guy that, that can do a lot of different things. And again, the way he plays with Josie Jewell, who is going to be back next year, uh, I think that that duo is only going to get better the more time they play together. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if I am part of this uh, committee to interview head coaches, I'm going to ask them those specific questions to see have they done their homework on this particular roster. If you're coming in to take in, take over a team, hopefully you've looked over the roster. Hopefully you know the guys who are on expiring deals and the questions I'm asking them, okay, well, what are you doing with Russell Wilson? Okay, Latavius Murray came in here. Last year, we know we're going to be without Javante for an extended period of time. Who would you like to bring in? How would you like to deploy those particular guys? And let's go on the defensive side of the ball. Are you bringing back Jero Evero as your defensive coordinator? If you're not, who are you bringing in? And also, Alex Singleton had a phenomenal year defensively. No, he doesn't fit the, the poster board of what the NFL linebackers look like today, but he was effective. Right. And then that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys who can come in, who are smart, who are leaders, who are effective uh, guys who are, are grinders. And, and Alex Singleton has definitely been a grinder. Just looking at how he came into the league. And then, George, I, I'll be honest, maybe there's a little uh, bias here because, uh, I mean, the same way that Alex Singleton came into this league is the same way that I pretty much have came into this league. And I know what people have said about Singleton as a linebacker coming in from Philly, oh, he's just a special teams guy. He's not going to be a mainstay on this defense, but his uh, production on the field just speaks volumes for him. So these are the questions that the next head coach will have to answer. And it's going to be a crazy uh, offseason because the Broncos have to go ahead and solidify this head coaching position because you don't want to roll deep into February and you don't, you know, having not looked at this roster to think about which guys you're bringing in and putting your own list together of guys that you would like to see in the Broncos uniform in 2023. I was just about to ask Nick, I think that's a good point. What are some of those questions um, that you would ask the head, the next head coach in these interviews as these get underway 
over the next couple of weeks? What are some of the questions you're asking these coaches? Well, the, 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 the first thing I would ask them is like, okay, well, our offensive line has not performed well over several years. Uh, Tom Compton was brought in here. He wasn't healthy. That was an issue. Billy Turner was brought in here. Wasn't uh, really beneficial. And the Broncos have yet to fill that right tackle position with someone who can be a cornerstone to the offense. So what are you going to do? What are your plans to do with uh, this, this offensive line? Because we have a first-round draft pick. Is that the direction that you're going to go? Are there some veteran offensive linemen that you feel really fit your system uh, that you feel that you can bring in here? And who's going to be your offensive line coach? Now, the, the word is that the Broncos are planning on or, – or, or, yeah, they're planning on interviewing Mike Munchak. I don't know if that's going to happen. But the idea is if you don't interview him as a head coaching uh, candidate, which they did several years ago, would these incoming prospects at head coach, would they be open to saying, okay, listen, we want you to bring in one guy we believe that can help our offensive line, and it's Mike Munchak, right? And, and in some cases, that could be a deal breaker. But that, that's going to be the first thing I can start with because if you want to help out Russell Wilson, it is fixing the offensive line first, and then we get into the realm of discussion, the scheme itself. Yeah, I think those are all valid questions. I, I think obviously you're going to ask, you know, what does your staff look like? You know, every single position. I, I would, I would, if you know, if 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 I'm asking the questions, I want to know every single position uh, coach that that you want to hire and and why. Uh, you know, I, I want to know things like, you know, what do your meetings look like? Um, you know, what does uh, you know your your scheme look like? Those sorts of things. And and I also want to know how do you plan on leading a group of men. Uh, you know, if you're interviewing Jim Harbaugh, how do you uh, get back to or, or what's the differences from leading the 49ers to Michigan? Right. And how are you going to get back to the way that you did it with the 49ers versus Michigan? Because we all know, uh, you know, leading a group of college players is a lot different than leading a group of of uh, NFL players. Right, Nick? Uh, like it, it's not the same um, you know, situation. And, and obviously there's been a lot of coaches, college coaches that have made the jump to the NFL that didn't, that weren't successful. Jim Harbaugh is not one of them. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, if I'm asking him, I, I kind of want to know what's the secret to that, but uh, you know, Sean Payton, you know, why'd you step away, uh, you know, from, from the saints uh, and why do you all of a sudden want to get back? You know, what was the reason behind <laughs> that? Um, you know, I think that's a question, right? Um, you know, it is, it is a legitimate question because when you look at what Sean Payton did to the saints, I mean, he drove up their salary cap. He overpaid for Taysom Hill. Things got out of hand. Drew Brees retired. He realized he wasn't going to have a guy that he can count on at the quarterback position. So he abruptly entered into retirement only to sit out to wait for this particular perfect storm that has been created right away. Right. That's brilliant, brilliant on his part. But if Yeah, and then, you know, I'm sure these coaches will have – yeah, yeah, and I'm sure these coaches will have some questions for 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 the ownership too. Obviously, this is their first time going through it. I'm sure Dan Quinn's going to be like, uh, "Why didn't you hire me last year?" Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it, it, again, I, I think it'll be really interesting, Nick. Before we get out of here, uh, here in a few minutes, are there any? I mentioned it earlier. Are there any guys that are not on the list that you think should be on the list? I know that there's some young uh, first-time head coach candidates out there Shane Steichen the offensive coordinator 
for the Eagles is getting a lot of interviews. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, who the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, I believe he interviewed for the Broncos last year. I thought Frank Reich might have been on there. Obviously, the Colts' former head coach, Leslie Frazier, the Bills' defense corner. Any Anybody out there that you're like, man, I, I would interview that guy? Well, there's one guy that uh, is out there, probably won't get an interview, but uh, based on what the team was able to do, and that's Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Detroit Lions went in, and uh, they were going to score a lot of points, but they they did hand the Green Bay Packers a, a loss, knocking them out the, uh, of the playoff contention. But you just kind of look at how that offense has really changed around. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift being able to get that offensive uh, run game on track. But the biggest thing was uh, Jared Goff. When he left the Los Angeles Rams, everyone pretty much left him for dead. But he seemed to have revitalized his career with the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, having a guy that worked closely with him to say, okay, well, if you can help Jared Goff now regain some uh, of that luster that, that he apparently lost in the minds of some people, well, what do you think that that type of offensive coordinator would do for Russell Wilson? I'm not saying that it's a perfect match, but it raises the question, if you could do something like that with one quarterback, maybe you could do something like that with a more experienced veteran quarterback. I love Ben Johnson. I think he would be a great hire somewhere. Um, so I'm on board with that. I, w- I would give him an interview. Um, I also like Shane Steichen with the Eagles. But again, I think that the first year head coach situation is just one the Broncos. I don't know if they can do uh, again. And Nick, uh, here's one more question for you, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Texans and Cardinals also fired their head coach. So they enter the coaching carousel here. Uh, I believe that leaves us with uh, what is it? Colts, Texans, Cardinals, Broncos, uh, Panthers. Is that it so far? Yeah, that, I think that's it so far. Now, don't, the Rams, don't, maybe. Don't think like Brandon Staley is safe now. I don't think so either. Um, he's safe. If they get, you know, let's say they get blown out by the Jaguars, or even if they just lose to the Jaguars, I think there's a chance they 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 cut they cut him loose. Obviously, the Rams situation seems to be up in the air with Sean McVay. Uh, I think that's it, Nick. I, I don't know. Um, you know, what's Tampa Bay going to do? I know there's been some questions there. I think Tampa Bay is going to go beat the Cowboys on, on Monday. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, who, who's the head coach there? Todd Bowles, right? Todd Bowles. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that he's probably safe. I, I don't think there's any other any other ones out there. I mean, the Cowboys aren't going to fire McCarthy, I don't think. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that those are it. But of those, Nick, uh, where do you think the Broncos are in terms of attractiveness? I, th- I still feel as though the team is uh, definitely attractive. When you look at the last two games and the fact that this team did not uh, give up, to me, that's still attractive to any guy coming in. You still have Russell Wilson, who shows signs of uh, he has not kind of deteriorated and appreciate he still can make plays. Then you have a young guy in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, you know, scored his first touchdown since uh, week four. And you, you you think about the idea of bringing by Tim Patrick. So this team is still a team that any coach would want to say, hey, listen, I want that job. I know most people are saying no because you don't you have a first round pick, but it's kind of uh, based on how well the San Francisco 49ers continue to uh, produce. But to me, th- this team has the bones of being uh, a great team moving forward. And then you got great ownership. They show by spending 400 k on the field for one game, that uh, money is not uh, an object. So to me, you're in the best situation here because the one thing 
even if at some point, let's say you get fired as a head coach and all head coaches get fired, they have deep pockets, the owners do, to pay you whatever you want. So you get a five-year contract worth 15 and $20 million a year. So that's enough to uh, pay for uh, any kind of rehab for your pride if you were to get fired. Yeah, I think you you nailed it, Nick. I think one of the reasons why this job is one of the most attractive ones is the ownership group. Uh, they're, they are, are willing to give you every single resource. They're probably going to pay you a lot of money too. Uh, and, and I think that that makes it really attractive. I think the roster also does. Now, I think that I don't know if it's the most attractive. It kind of depends on your preference, right? Like right. It, there's, there's certain places, like if you go to Arizona, you'll probably be a head coach GM type uh of coach right because they also let their their gm go so i think that they're looking for that kind of you know uh you know sean payton type of of coach where he's the gm and he's the head coach right uh i think that the texans are an attractive job for maybe a young coach because they're going to get you know you know bryce young or cj stroud or whatever quarterback right and you're gonna have a rookie and you're gonna have time to develop him and turn him into something right uh, now, if the Chargers job comes open, right, that probably becomes one of the most attractive ones because you get Justin Herbert and you get, you know, a star-studded defense that uh, really should be playing better than it is right now. So I think that there's there's preferences there, but these people that are saying the Broncos job isn't attractive because Russell Wilson isn't good or or they have new ownership, like I think that's – it's the reverse. I think it's, oh, I have Russell Wilson, a nine-time Pro Bowler. He had right. one bad season. The reality is he's probably going to get better. He can't be worse, right? Uh, and two, the new ownership group, I think, is their biggest asset. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting, Nick. I think it's an attractive job. I like the six candidates they have right now. It'll be interesting to see if they add any more. Um, I think they might add a couple more. We'll see. Uh, but interviews are going to start going on, Nick, uh, and it's going to be a busy, busy week. Uh, that's it for, for this podcast. I don't believe we'll have another one this week, Nick. Uh, but starting next week, we'll be doing Tuesday, Thursday, every single week this off season. Uh, and so we will, um, we will, we will talk to you guys then, right? I'm sure we'll find out more. Uh, I know there's there's some more uh, stuff coming out there right now. Raheem Morris is interviewing January 17th, according to Albert Breer. Uh, that was just reported, Nick. So I'm sure all these guys are going to start doing some of these interviews, and we'll we'll, we'll kind of break it, uh, you know, into some of more of these more of these these candidates, break them down. Uh, and get to to some of the details about each of them, um, you know, next week. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. And we will see you guys next week talking more about the Broncos search.